This is Channel Attitude. Your voice, your right, your freedom. Well, hello, good afternoon, good morning, and good evening, brand members, Russos, brand army, brand fam. It's your golden girl, Goldie, channel attitude. We've got a really great show for you. I am blown away by the talent of this dude. Uh, I've seen him all across the South on on dark matches, on some of Bill Barron's handiwork, on some of his matches. And I just put two and two together that a podcast guest from a few episodes back, Jeremy Foster, that this was the guy that he was working. This was the guy that he was wrestling. So I'm really excited to tell his story. I had no idea that he's third generation wrestling, that his 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 dad, his grandfather, his cousin wrestled. The guy was wrestling when he was seven years old. This is he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. He's got the charisma. He's listening to people. I'm just so proud to have him on the show and bring you him first because just watch in a few years. This guy is somebody to somebody to keep your eyes on. Without further ado, Goldie's Closet episode 221. Hunter James, yay! Thank you for being here today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. We had a little mishap and rescheduling, and then I was a few minutes late, and you're very professional very pro. I noticed that looking you up right off the bat. You've got your pro wrestling tees, which is on the bottom. And you, you had one more that we didn't put on there. But what, what's the other one? Give a pitch to that. The other the other um, gimmick site. It is also Store Frontier. And all you have to do is search in Hunter James in the search bar. And every t-shirt design I've ever had pops up. Why are you so on the game? Because I interview a lot of people. And like I even noticed you had a LinkedIn. It's like, it's not filled out as much as you should sir but you have one and i was like that's really like you seem very business minded i try to be um one of my trainers uh he is the head uh i guess the best way to head seamstress at global wrestlewear which is a lot of guys go to in the big leagues for the gear he's very business minded everything is business to him money is what he knows so i take everything he says personally and your heart and i do exactly what he says every time who is your who's this guy? Rick Michaels. Oh, Jesus Christ. Rick Michaels. We gotta give yes. a shout out to Rick Michaels. Rick Michaels was around when I started in TNA in 2002. God, he tells me all these stories and I love hearing him about them, especially the TNA ones, because I that's what I grew up on. That really? was my Yeah, I was born in 02. So a lot of my first memories of wrestling was TNA. Wow. That I suppose, you know, I look at my lifespan and mine was all the golden era and Hulk Hogan and all of just NW, every, all that stuff. It's like, and, right. and you didn't necessarily grow up with that. That's really interesting that TNA is what you grew up with. That's crazy. Right. And it's funny. Like a lot of people are like, oh, who's your favorite wrestler? My favorite wrestler is Mr. Perfect and Shawn Michaels. So Mr. Perfect's a part of that golden age, even as Kurt Henning and AWA. I loved him. Kurt Hennig was my mentor and somebody who was secretly training me in wrestling. Behind closed doors, Kurt would 
uh, start to train and help me. And right when we got rolling is when he died. And that was really, and do you want to know a little tidbits? Uh, Kurt is buried across from uh, my mom in the same cemetery. And uh, it's in New Hope, Minnesota. And I went to Kurt's funeral and hung out with Bret Hart the entire night. It was really crazy and very magical. And we got to be really good friends. And I felt wow. like Kurt was smiling on me, but you should have seen that funeral. Holy shit. The people from, from Minnesota coming in from, um, from Jesse, uh, the body to, uh, who else was there? Ivan Putsky was there. Um, God, I, I mean, Shawn Michaels was there. E- everybody was there. Bret Hart was there. Everybody flew in for that. It was such a celebration of life. I wish she could have been there. It was absolutely amazing. What, what did you like about, I mean, that's a random person. Great. But you don't hear people saying, Kurt Henning, like why Kurt Henning? What drew you to him? Like, why would he be one of your favorite wrestlers? I can see why Shawn Michaels would be, and we'll talk about that, but why Kurt? Right. Uh, so my dad was a big Kurt Henning and Shawn Michaels guy, and he was a professional wrestler as well. Your uh, dad was? Yeah. yeah, I'm third generation, actually. Shit, I didn't even know that. My mind is blown. Yeah, yeah. So we have my, my grandpa wrestled, my dad, both my uncles. Uh, two of my cousins and myself. So there's a lot of wrestling going on. But when I was growing up, yeah, he was Mr. Perfect, Mr. Perfect, Mr. Perfect, Sean, Sean, Sean. And then so when I actually started learning how to understand wrestling, especially uh, like, okay, good guy, bad guy, whatever, five years old, it, it was actually as simple as the bright colored singlets. I, I thought that was the coolest thing. It was like, oh, he has, that. I love blue and I love this bright orange and, Whoa, yellow, but that's bright, but it's like a magnet. It was like a magnet. Like you couldn't look away. And so then you, as I got older, I noticed his bumping and selling, which is the most important thing to me in wrestling for me and watching it. If I don't believe it or at least have fun watching it, because Kurt didn't have the most believable sells sometimes because they were really wacky, but so was the 80s. I mean, Hulk pointed a finger and that crowd went wild. So Mr. Perfect doing a bunch of twisting and turning with his cells, it was very overdramatic and I'm very overdramatic as a person. And uh, I just loved his selling. And then going back to AWA where he was calmed down a little bit and with his technical wrestling, just everything was sound. There was no air in between the moves and everything just flowed so well when he was working Bachwinkle and Lawler for an hour for the AWA heavyweight championship. Like, I can watch those and never be bored, but I can watch some stuff today and there'd be a five minute match and I'm bored. Uh, I don't, I guess it just, I guess people don't do it anymore. Do you want to bring that back? Is that something that you want to make mainstream again? Is that an agenda of yours or is it just something that uh, I notice it? It, I I don't think we can necessarily, we can bring it back because a lot of times with me personally, I like to take old school psychology and put new school moves with it because you have to. Like, you know, a powerbomb was a finish 30, 40 years ago. And now we see it as a hope spot. And it's just like the the audience has really evolved to knowing, okay, he's going to kick out of this or – a lot of times they'll be like, oh, maybe this is it, but this isn't his finisher. So, like, is it really it? But they're more accustomed to going one, two, oh, rather than actually believing that the move is the move. 
So I, I try to make my moves that I do personally really important. Like I try to put them in the right spot. I try to put them in the right spot and I try to make it where I have a variety of moves. You know, they always say John Cena had five moves to do them. Uh, I joke and say I have two sets of those five moves and I like to interchange them out. And I like to uh, give equal importance. Like my, I have two moves I could always use as a finish depending on who the guy is and how many times I've wrestled him. I don't mind if he kicks out of one compared to another. Like there's one move that I'm like, okay, if I really think this is going to be one of those banger matches, I guess, then he can kick out of one, but then the next one's going to get him. Layer everything out to be okay. My power slam, and I do a very, I guess it's kind of the same thing as AJ Styles' uh, uh, moonsault into the reverse DDT. I treat those with the same value level, so I try to place them similarly in a match. I can do a power slam to anybody, but I can't do that AJ move to everybody. So uh, I just try, I just try to make everything means something if i'm gonna do it i want it to look good i want it to look like it was a struggle and i wanted to make sure that it just makes sense wow you're really you're on your game and you're you, i wouldn't have asked how old you are and i'm never you know interested in that because i don't want people asking my business but um you know uh, you did, I'm, you mentioned, I'm, I'm 20 so yeah it, like that's un, unheard of like i've never seen somebody that's 20 that has the vocabulary that you have to begin with, or the wrestling sports entertainment vocabulary, or like I said, like the business sense that you have on you already that you're even willing to listen to, you know, a Rick Michaels or somebody else. Most people your age are just, and I've got some friends who will remain nameless that it seems like they're at, and maybe you'll get like this in a couple of years. You could go through your 24, 25 year old, you know, growth hump, jump, whatever you want to call it. But you know, I, I always give advice because I care and I love people. And I, it's like, I don't want to see them going through the same mistakes that I did. But then part of it is like, you have to make your own mistakes in order to grow and become who you are. But then sometimes I wonder about that. Cause I'm always like, Oh, you went through all this bullshit and really made you who you are. And I'm thinking, I wonder if I'd still be a cool person had I had not gone bankrupt or had I had not dated professional wrestlers or fill in the blank. <laughs> you know what I mean? You- you and it, you'll never know. It's one of those things of everyone is different. Everyone has different experiences. So there's no way of saying, well, I could tell them what I went through and save them from that. But then again, you went through it and it obviously made you the person you are. It did not as wealthy as I'd like to be. So if I were you, I would keep listening to Rick Michaels when he's talking about branding. And I wish to God oh. back when I was in TNA that I would have done I, this whole podcast on Russo's brand, you do know who Vince Russo is, right? Like some people. Absolutely. Don't. Okay. Some people don't know who he is, especially your age. How do you and how do you, you know, how Vince, do you not know? Yeah. Vince did so much for me, you know, out, out of the ring and just business wise. And we were so ahead of our game. Um, he was always trying to get all the crazy shit that I did on TV. And he did, he did put a lot of it on TV. And what was crazy was, he got a lot of shit for that. Even like, they're like, what does this have to do with wrestling? And I'm like, it's entertaining and it's sports entertainment. And like, basically what Vince was doing with me and Trinity was everything that you see that goes viral on TikTok or Instagram or, you know, whatever. It's like, he was so ahead of the game and just thought like, it was kind of girls behaving badly. 
It was kind of the man show. It was kind of punked. It was kind of Tom Green or Andy Dick or all these like shows that did like real out there edgy skits and things like that. And he was trying to do that and integrate it into wrestling, but just got so much shit for it. And I eventually got fired because of that. Just one particular person who everybody knows just didn't want, you know, somebody that wasn't wrestling per se, getting the, getting the rub. And I get it, you know, but like, that's just something really interesting about Vince is he was that person to me that Shawn Michaels, not Shawn Michaels, God, am I tired? Excuse me. That Rick Michaels, it it was Rick Michaels is to you. So I would keep, I would keep listening to him because branding wise, I wish I could go back and, and do what I see you doing right now. Like it makes my heart smile to see you hustling and doing everything right because it just jump starts you ahead of the game. And then when you're, this is what you want to do, right? You're planning on just resting for the rest of your life. Okay. Then, then just keep doing what you're doing. And, you know, even now on Instagram, just the greatest posts are always like people that are doing really well. And the number one thing they say is if you want to do really well, then look at other people who are doing really well and do what they're doing. You know, like don't. It's not hard. No, it's not. But like, it's it's not a hard concept. I guess I should say the the action is a lot easier said than done. But finding out how to do it is not relatively hard. I had a podcast a few weeks back, and I should look it up while you're talking. I'll blow up your screen. And I swear to God, you were the opponent. And it was, I think Bill Barron showed up and was saying some things in the ring. Where was this? I'm pretty sure it was uh, you. Yep. It had probably been Southern Fried Championship Wrestling in Monroe, yes. Georgia. Okay. Uh, let's see. A few weeks ago, what would have Bill been doing? It was cause... more than a few weeks ago. I'm just saying I interviewed okay. the person a few weeks ago. Keep talking. Uh, I will um, blow you up on the screen. Here's a solo, and I'm going to look at it really quick because it's going to drive me absolutely crazy. I will I will keep talking as we're going to look up, ladies and gentlemen. Goldie's OCD is kicking in so hardcore that I have to remember this guest, and I'm operating on no sleep at all. But let me. Would have been Marcus right Cross? Now. Was it Marcus Cross? Chris Walker? It was Jeremy Foster. Foster, yes. Yes. These guys like Bill mentors, and Marcus always comes first in my head, but Mar- Jeremy, yeah. Mar- it was Marcus Cross. It was. Oh, look at my big oh, nice. head. We don't need that. Yeah, I don't need that big of a head. Um, can I go bigger? That's why I got to come back here. That's why I come <laughs> back here. That's why I'm like, I right, sit back here. I don't want my big head either. It's okay. Uh, well, my head's awfully big now. Yeah, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about those. And then Bill gets in there. And then who was I talking to? Judas from is do you work with him at AEW? Or no, yeah. he's NWA. Yeah, he's NWA. Uh, but I do work with him at uh Southern Honor in Canton, Georgia, and then Southern Friday Monroe. He was saying that Bill can get like real up in arms. Like I, I just think of Bill as this like pussycat, and he's like, Oh no, you don't want to cross Bill. Like he'll just let you know no. like what's what's sucking and how you need to like improve. And he's like really hardcore. And I never thought of Bill Barron's like that. I was just like taking him back a little bit. I was like, Oh no, Bill really? He's like, no, he's don't mess with Bill. It's a simple, I even, there's a lot of times where maybe not me specifically, but I've seen him cussing others out. He's like, why did you do that? There's nothing going on. There was no reason. The crowd was not invested enough for you to be doing this move. And I'm sitting, I'm looking in the background. I'm like, whoa, I'm glad I don't do anything stupid. 
Is he legit hot? Like a shoot hot? No. He's really like he's hot about like why did you do it? But in ten minutes, it's like okay, now that you've learned your lesson, this is what you should have done. Such passion, Bill Barons. Such passion. Oh, I love Bill to death. He he cracks up too because he has so many stories because he's been doing it so long, and a lot of these stories end up with like, yep. So we started out at a drugstore, and now I'm now I'm fighting with the cops, or you know, like it could go from A to B real quick, and it's like. We're missing, you went to A to B, but there's a lot of filler here in this alphabet song that you did not fill me in on. What happened here, here, and here? And it'll tell you every detail. What's one of the craziest? Say it again. I stepped over you. My bad. Go ahead. Uh, He'll he'll remember the oddest details too. Like, I remember it was 317 because that minute hand just crossed over just a wee bit, but more than a wee bit over that little three so it had to be 317 it's like what the how, how do you remember this that's nuts give me one of the best bill baron stories that you can remember can you remember any of them i think the one that made me laugh was uh it was actually involved uh rick michaels as well uh he was talking rick michaels was teaming with david young and nwa wild oh, side and and in nwa in general they were the nwa tag champions and there was one night rick and david uh, they were arguing and they just could not ride together. They were arguing. There was like, I don't know if they were tired or, or what was really the issue, but they was arguing and arguing and they were getting real heated. And eventually uh, David ends up driving on the wrong side of the highway. Imagine that. <laughs> right. And uh, so he's driving on the wrong side of the highway. Rick finally like, like stopped the car and he gets out and, he calls Bill because I can't ride with him anymore. There's this, this, and this. And, he, and Rick and Bill just goes. Your phone, your <laughs> phone is cutting out. So I think whenever you shrug your shoulders, ladies and gentlemen, brand members, every time he shrugs his sh- shoulders, what he was saying that you can't hear until you start talking again is that after absolute chaos and just destruction, all that Bill Barron's had to rebuttal was okay. And that sounds exactly like Bill Barron's. That sounds exactly like him. Right. When when did you come in contact with him? Because again, you're so young. I don't mean to camp out on that, but like, when when did wrestling start for you? I know with your parents, I, your dad, but I started wrestling. Uh, I started wrestling in like I, uh, I guess it'd have been like rec league, you know, uh, USA wrestling. So I was super young. I was seven, and so I was doing like the high the high school style of wrestling. Like this is the high school style, and that's why I started. Uh, you know, I knew I wanted to be a pro wrestler when I was young. This is when my dad was like, well, Vince McMahon likes pro, uh, likes high school wrestlers. And he was like, all right, cool. That's what we're doing. So then I wrestled all throughout high school. And my junior year of high school, that go- summer going into my senior year is when I had my first professional wrestling match. So my whole senior year, I was wrestling the whole time. I was cutting weight for high school matches. And then I would shoot from the tournament straight to a show and wrestle. How'd you get that gig? Your dad or Bill or who? My dad didn't want me to wrestle until I graduated college. Okay. Uh, and so uh, that obviously didn't happen. That was a lot of we, uh, the whole family knew minus my mom and dad. Like it was just like, Hey, we're not going to tell them. So I go to shows and hang out with my dad's friends and, you know, my cousin's friends and whatnot that wrestle. But they don't know that I'm putting on a pair of boots and going out there. And it wasn't a case of me putting on a mask either. 
like a lot of people would put on a mask and that's probably the smart idea would be to put on a mask like they can't figure out it's me if i'm under a mask nope not a chance i'm like i've got a nice smile and i'm gonna show it off and uh so when i started wrestling uh it was about a year i guess a year in i had went to southern fried for the first time uh where todd sexton is booking and i had met bill baron right there so i was uh i was 18. wow so i've, I've known bill for about two years I, I saw the match with uh, Foster, and I was like, "Who is this guy?" And didn't put it together until until I was researching you and watching your matches. And I'm like, "Oh, that's that guy!" And I was just like, "I remember watching it, just very charismatic." Like, why? Like, is that just your personality, and it's not an alter ego at all? Like, that's just who you are, or is it no, something that you very much? Is it very much in me? I'm very outgoing, and I try to be. And it may not come across, I guess, on this like platform because I try to be professional when it comes to uh, podcasting, I guess. In a oh, sense. you are. You are. Hey, you know, right, right. So I feel like it may take back the charisma, but I'm very charismatic. I'm very loud, uh, very confident in myself and all my abilities. If I say I can do it, I can do it. You know, I'm not going to talk myself up to something I'm not going to do. Where does Shawn Michaels play into your gimmick, what you wear, your persona? Who do you pull from? Shawn, let's see. Shawn, I try not to steal. I know moves-wise, I didn't. I don't steal anything from Shawn because I get compared to him a lot as it is. With like, uh, uh, like I, I think the one thing I really do steal from Shawn is when I get in the ring, I do like uh, the, the big twirl. I don't do like the showguns where you know, the baby face, yay. But I do do like the big twirl with my arms out and whatnot because I have this my jacket super shiny and it has a little coattail in the back, so it's kind of flying in the air. Just the, it's something, something so little to annoy the crowd because I'm a heel everywhere. They're like, oh my god, he's so full of himself, and I, it, it, he's so full of himself. He, he's got this shiny jacket. Why does the jacket got to be shiny? Like why? And why does he have to fly the little coattail around? It's like because I can. It's like, do you have a shiny jacket with a coattail that you can spread around? No, so you wouldn't understand. But uh, that's the that, and then the bumping and selling from Sean. Like I specifically watched him, Perfect, and Dolph Ziggler for very much of bumping. Like, oh, oh, I could take this move like this, and I know my body really well because of amateur wrestling, and I know how like flip my hips a certain way, and I know that if I flip my hips one way, my maybe my legs shoot out this way but my head goes this way and it was supposed to be just a regular bump and now it's kind of like oh he got laid the hell out it was like this th this looks like it hurt him which is the point i love it business wise what have you learned so far not just from Sean, God, I keep saying Sean Michaels from Rick Michaels <laughs> because I know Sean. Not just from Rick Michaels, but what is the best advice that you've learned that you've listened to, you've implemented, and you've seen results? Uh, let's see. Like Rick's all about branding, so anytime you can get your name out there in any way, shape, or form, get it out there. Um, he was the first one. It was like, all right, you need eight by tens. You need. Uh, even if it's just eight by tens at your table, get it. If you've got more, get more. Aww. And it right. And a lot of times he would he would tell me if there's any way you can be, especially as a baby face, unless you're one of the main event guys. If you're just a pop in for a show, or you're like a lower card guy building yourself up, 
uh, you know, try to be the first half if you can. If you can try to maybe weasel your way in that first half, that way after they've seen you, they're familiar with you, you go out to your gimmick table at intermission and you'll sell everything like hotcakes. Nice. That's wow. That's some gold right there. I never even thought of that. Because they see you, like they've seen you. They they they're like, oh, he's cool. I don't have like I think the most basic pair of gear I have is uh, maybe the most basic gear I have. I have one pair of black gear, but it has my signature written all over it. Like that, I don't. That's the only black gear I have. Everything else is super colorful. You're not gonna miss bright blonde hair. You're not gonna miss my bright gear, white boots that are really shiny. Like everything I wear is, it's it's supposed to stick out. Uh, you know, I've got a I've got a tan, and I've got you know, if I can look in the right eyes, you'll notice I have blue eyes. Like it's just little things like that, and he's like, they'll catch on to it, they'll attach them to it, and then especially since I fit a. A uh, stereotype of blonde hair, blue eyed, tan, surfer, beach boy type deal because it's super easy to sell, especially because we're in Georgia like, or in the Southeast as a whole. Like, it doesn't matter where you go. When you think of surfers, you think California, you think Florida. So, unless you go to California or Florida, you're going to be you're special in that way because you have the surfer vibe that everyone kind of looks for, like a Zach Morris or a uh, which I get compared to a lot, or like a John B from Outer Banks, that Netflix show uh, that is super. That, that show's awesome. Uh, Sidetrack, but uh, oh yeah, and but he was the he, you will sell everything. Take pictures. Uh, don't give anything away for free. Uh, you know, if you come out with a shirt during your interest and toss it, that's your free giveaway. He goes, but don't go to the table and you know someone if they don't have the money, well tell them that they can. Okay, they don't have the cash. Well, there's debit cards and pro wrestling tees and store frontier. They can do the same thing right there. Um, and then now that I've been a heel, strictly a heel for two, I guess a year and a half, two years, I've really been thinking about, okay, when I do turn babyface, I'm a probably the most hated person in the Southeast by far. Uh, I could take the gamble on that one. <laughs> the, the, it's the greatest thing in the world, how little things really get on people's nerves uh now that i've been a heel for so long and everyone hates me when i turn baby face it's going to mean 10 times more than when i initially was a baby face starting out and i will i have i would have flipped the crowd so now thinking i listened to something he had sent me from uh, matt cardona and they have a novelty item that's like specific to you like right now matt cardona is doing this indie god uh, representation of Indiana Jones and he has the Indiana Jones hat and it's got his logo on it and it's like you know uh, that's specific to him and when I heard that I was like whoa what can I sell that's not going to be through the roof to buy and resell and you know, make a profit off of it and my thing I think that fits me is I wear I do wear sunglasses and ring like a lot of people do but I wear clear lens sunglasses um yeah, I've always heard the things like, why are you wearing sunglasses? You're indoors. So I was like, I don't know what it is. Like, I feel like I don't know the sunglasses. It's just cool. Like Sean had sunglasses and I'm like, yes, he had the little hippie sunglasses that were cool. And I tried those and I'm like, that doesn't work with my face shape. Like it just, like, it just doesn't work. The aviators work. And I made it, I like looked around, I found clear lens sunglasses. And now I have some on the way that's going to have uh, like a, I guess it has my logo, but it's very faint. 
Yeah, I'm gonna try that. I bought I bought a pair just to see how they look, see how long they last, and that way they're not uh, not saying the not cheap, but like I want to make sure they look right and they look presentable on a table. So that's like the big thing I learned. Oh, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. We're gonna see, and hopefully the the resale will be better than the sell itself, like my selling of or my buying of it. You'll be fine. Just sell. Just keep being who you are, and they'll sell like hotcakes. That's awesome. You're really learning a lot of great stuff. I'm I'm so proud of you, and I'm so excited for you. And I just was on your Instagram, and I see AEW. Let's talk about that. Absolutely. What you got? What, what, what's the question? Well, just what are you doing with AEW? Because you're new to me. Like I said, I'm just putting plugging things together. Like, are you doing darks with them? What are you doing with AEW? So I did. I did do their dark. I had my first dark match uh, end of March. Okay. Um, I I had went up to Orlando at Universal. Uh, How was that? How did you that get was that? Awesome. Uh, through Rick had set up. I uh, told some. Uh, I want to say it was Sean Dean. Maybe it was QT Marshall. And he was like, "Hey, this kid." I had, his words to me was, "You should be on TV." to get you where people can see you okay and right so he's like so here's qt's information did all uh, i emailed him he's like okay emailed it to sean he'll let you know when the next dark taping was uh it was in march so we went down to universal orlando uh the cool part for me is when i realized i was like TNA used to run here and i i was like what that that clicked in my head i was like tna used to run in universal like yeah. some of my favorite matches to watch have happened in this building. Like, because this was when they went to the impact zone. They wasn't in uh, Nashville. So uh, I was like, whoa. Like, I don't know why that was just such a, just, whoa. Something as simple as where people had wrestled before. And, and uh, so I, I wrestled Cole Carter. Uh, and he's one of their, uh, one of their young talents. Excuse me. Uh, one of their All young right. talents, and uh, he was he was really fun to work with. He uh, we had a really good uh, chemistry outside and inside the ring. Like even on the outside, we were we were having fun. We were you know cutting up. We we didn't step on each other's toes. And I know that for like someone coming in to do my job is to make him look good. It was all right. Well, I told him, I said, whatever you want to do, whatever you and our agent needs to do. Like, I'm not here. Like, our match got cut uh, from seven minutes to four minutes. So I was like, okay. So, and he he asked me, I was like, why are you even asking me? Like, this is your match, not mine. And I'm very greedy. Trust me, if it was my match, it would be my match. Uh, But it's not my match. It's not my time to shine. It's my time. I can get over by selling. And I've, that's my thing. That's why I've studied so hard on, perfect Sean and Dolph is that I can get over on my selling like I don't need anything if I can get one lucky shot in somewhere just to give the crowd a hope then I'm happy nice. and that's initially what we did we had uh, he goes okay well what do you want to do and I was like hey well, why don't we cut my comeback and I just get a quick flurry on you and maybe it's just simple as the jawbreaker and I do the carry Von Eric discus punch and then I'll hit the rope you cut me off and we go home he goes and runs it by QT. QT says it's perfect. 
We go out there, the crowd is behind me, which it was the first time I was a baby face in a year and a half, two years. So I was like, whoa, this is what it feels like to be a baby face and not be like, hey, where are we at? Yay, love me. Like I just sat there, I did a pose and they cheered. And I was like, huh, maybe this could work outside of AEW. Uh, maybe I'm not so hated after all, but new, new territory. Uh, uh, so we had our match. Everyone was very uh, appreciative and very uh, complimentary of the match. And we did everything we could to get Cole over. And I think we got Cole over. And I think I showed that the, the selling and my bumping was enough to at least keep my foot in the door, uh, especially since there's a lot going on within AEW. Uh, I don't know if Dark is completely over now. I've heard the, the rumor mill says that dark and elevation's done and rampage may become the place of uh, the dark matches or something like that and it's so that's why i hate these like spoiler sites because they confuse the hell out of me it's like mm -hmm. can, can someone within just tell me what's going on and then i can go off of that but if, of course you read it and then you're like well maybe that is true maybe it's not true that's just our brain trying to figure it out i guess i would think bill would have his hand on the beat for a lot of that wouldn't he I would think so. Uh, Bill hasn't, uh, I haven't seen Bill Granite. Uh, last time I was up there, that's when he was like, hey, I didn't even know you were going. I was like, oh, I told you. And he goes, when? I saw you last week, Bill. I a lot going on last week. So I'll just chalk that up to old age. And I, oh, and I just wow. laughed. I know, right? I'm like, you remember everything, Bill. And I was like, maybe. And I told him, I said, heck, maybe I forgot to tell you. I was like, it could have been as simple. It was a busy night for both of us. We had multiple spots and in uh, during the show, so uh, I do need to talk to Bill and uh, definitely confirm that because I bet he would know. Bill is the one that told me about you and sent me your info. Like he was all about you, so he's great. Definitely promoting you and saying awesome stuff. And Marcus Cross and Foster and, and everybody. It's just nice that he's always like bringing me some people to push through the pipeline so make sure you tell him thanks the next time you talk to him because he is a really good guy no absolutely actually as soon as you had messaged me i said hey just making sure this is for real because i've had people go hey someone gave me your information let's do sure. it sure yeah right right and i was like i'm just double checking with you and he goes absolutely go have fun and i was like sweet thanks bill like always putting me on to the cool stuff no like, he's he got me my first Go ahead, sit, go ahead, sit, my bad. Go ahead. No, no, you're good. He got heck. He got me my first WWE spot when I did the extra spots. Uh, I got back to back SmackDown weeks when they were in Atlanta and Greensboro, and or Greenville, Greenville, excuse me. Uh, when I went to South Carolina, he got me both of those. Like he, and he had known me probably like nine months or so at the time. Like it wasn't anything crazy that he had known me. So. Just seeing now a nine month difference, he was like, "Hey, do you want to work? You know, you want to do SmackDown in July?" I'm like, "Yeah." He goes, if "You can get a you know South Carolina wrestling license. You can get the next week too." I said, "Sweet, I'll get it. I'll literally send my stuff in tomorrow." And he goes, "Cool, have fun. Let me know how it goes." It was yeah. like, just Bill's just so cool. Bill, yeah, he's, he's he's like the cool grandpa everyone wants. He's a cool <laughs> uncle, the cool grandpa. But that's how I kind of look at him, at least. Uh, he is a really, really, really great dude. Um, what can we expect from you that you know of that we can we can follow you? We can check out your stuff on Pro Wrestling Tees. The other one, one more time, is called? Frontier. Say it again. 
Store Frontier. Store Frontier. I, I get that in, in the cartel one mixed up. Um, what else oh, can yeah. we do to support you? What else can we do to support you? Uh, we can, uh, let's see. You can always come out to shows if you're in the area. Okay. Uh, if, if you can't make it to the shows, YouTube is where everything is posted. If you type Hunter James Wrestling, everything comes up because in the description of the shows, it says Hunter James versus whoever. You'll find plenty of shows. Uh, Anarchy Wrestling, uh, which Rick works with. Uh, yeah, NCW, which Rick works with. Southern Pride with Bill and Todd Sexton. Uh, different WrestleMerica has had some names come through there like AJ Styles, Luke Gallows. Cody Rhodes, uh, that click's been through there. Um, let's see. Uh, Platinum Championship Wrestling, I want to shout them out. They were the ones that gave me a platform when no shows were running anywhere on a Friday, it seemed like, within the state. They run twice a month, and I want to give them a shout-out because they let me work a lot on my character work and uh, allowed me to figure out how to play off a crowd, even a smaller crowd, because smaller crowds are harder to work than bigger crowds. Uh, you know, it's the one thing, it's the first thing Rick ever told me, like, outside of the ring. He was like, yes, this is an inside of the ring uh, moment where you'll realize it, but you won't learn it. You have to be, you, I think the way he put it was, uh, let me tell you now, because later you'll really recognize it. And he was like, the smaller crowds are hard to work because they're so personalized. Mm-hmm. And there's so, if there's 50 people in an audience, right, you can hear every, you can hear a pin drop if they're mm-hmm. quiet. But if you're in an 1,000-seat arena with everybody filled up, you're not going to hear that pin drop. You'll at least hear rumbling. You'll hear a, and, and everything comes slower and is louder within a bigger audience because it has to build up, like all the sounds and the echoes, the vibrations and whatnot. But the little crowd, you can hear the pencil drop or that one person out of nowhere go, Oh, you suck. It was like, you got to react to them. They're so personalized. And once you react to that one person, then the next person jumps on and another person jumps on. And once everyone's jumped on, you've figured out how to work that crowd. Tell Rick that I'm looking for him. I want to find him. I want to have him on. I would love to see him again. When's the next time you see him? Uh, I saw him yesterday uh, when I went up to, uh, the uh, training, not a training school, not his training school. Like he doesn't run the training school. Uh, but, uh, do you, or did you ever meet Azrael? Does that name ring a bell to you? No, but tell me who he is or she is. Uh, he, uh, he, uh, Azrael is, uh, he was one of trainees from his school when he was training. Mm-hmm. And he uh, he was an NWA Wildside guy. I, I think he did some TNA matches. Uh, they may have just been dark matches. Uh, they may have been after you had left as well. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Uh, he was a the landmark arenas where the Anarchies, the Wildsides, uh, NCW, the, all those uh, titles had ran under, and that's where Abyss came from. And AJ. Uh, yeah, that the, the NWA Wildside cropped so many talent for uh, for TNA, especially because they were running uh, neck and neck because of Bill, because Bill was the connection. Oh, I Bill didn't know that. With, uh, Bill would be booking NWA Wildside, and then he would be a talent guy for TNA, and that's where you know AJ came along and Abyss, 
uh, I think Christopher Daniels. I could be wrong about that. But uh, uh, Jason, Jason Cross, that's what it was. Jason Cross, uh, a lot of those, uh, the X Division guys, a lot of them. Interesting. There. Uh, and then, uh, well, I guess Abyss they put in the X Division, but we know Abyss is the big monster. He's not the X Division guy. Um, but yeah, I think that I saw, I went up to Azrael's training uh, yesterday. I go. I usually go up there about once a week, and I try to just run drills for for Mike's sake because I'm huge. I will never let anybody blow me up. It's just an ego thing for me. Um, I will never let anybody blow me up, and that's just my dad. Uh, my dad instilled that in us. Like you outwork everyone. Make sure no one knows you're tired. Uh, even if you are tired, don't let them know. Don't show any signs of it. So uh, so I went in there and trained with uh, some of our friends and some of the guys we travel around with. Uh, and then we end up, so what started with three or four people turned into, uh, I think we had 12 people total. So like, you know, we, our four people turned into 12 within the hour and we did drills for another hour. Uh, just, and some of it was just coming up with ideas. Like what if, I wonder if this would, you know, blow us up. If we did this, this, and this, if we do a drop down elite frog, uh, I don't know, a lucha pass, something I'll never do in a match. Like a lot of this stuff, I was like, I'd never do any of this. Other than a drop down a leaf, I gotta never do this crazy stuff we're doing. But I'm just trying to make me tired and get a good sweat in. And uh, and then Rick jumped in and was like, "What if you did this and this and this and this?" And I was like, "Okay, Rick. Okay, you gonna do it?" And he goes, "No. I'm gonna make my gear and make y'all look good. Like I'll just tell y'all what to do." And I was like, "Damn it, Rick. Can't get you to do nothing." You tell him I'm looking for. Oh, absolutely. I uh, I'll, I don't know if I'll see him tomorrow when I because I think I'm gonna go up there tomorrow. I have a free Friday for once, so I think I'm gonna go up there, run some drills, work with some of the students that they have up there, um, especially the uh, especially the really younger ones. Um, it's not saying that the ones that are older than me uh, won't learn from me, but you know it's hard to listen to someone younger than you, and I understand that. It's hard, you know, 20 year old telling a 27 year old, you shouldn't do this. You really should probably do this. They're probably like, well, who's this guy? And it's like, okay. I mean, that's fine. I mean, I wouldn't want to listen to if someone was 18 and, you know, was telling me what to do in the gym, I wouldn't want them to tell me what to do. I'm like, you know, what do you know? I've been on this earth longer. It's just a mental thing. But I try to work with the ones that are younger than me uh, that aspire because uh, I think. I'm one of the few that come up there as well that's been on TV, you know, a handful of times at a young age. So, you know, they're like, oh, that's cool. They, I downplay it so much because uh, I'm like, that's not the end goal. But for them, that's the first step. And, mm -hmm. you know, it was my first step, too. So they look so far ahead and they're like, well, I want to get there. They're like, well, first, we got to get you wrestling regularly so people can see you. And we have to get it where you're not just wrestling people you're comfortable with. You have to wrestle new guys and not just you can't just wrestle me all the time like I, I i'm convinced i can wrestle a broom in front of a crowd and get a reaction like i can you can move i can move you i can put you where you need to be but uh helping them even with something as simple as moves i know every especially the younger guys they all love their moves uh i'm super basic a lot of times with my moves i think i have two cool moves and everything else like and heck a lot of times i miss the cool moves I think it's I think it's best when the heel misses the cool move that they try to hit. It's like they get cocky and you know obviously mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of my whole deal is like I'm overly cocky. That's the attitude that comes with. It. Yeah, I'm so great. I'm so great. Yep, but you just fucked up. 
And then now here's this baby face about to mess you up. And uh, so I like to help them with the moves. Uh, they run matches, some with me, mostly without me, but some with me. Uh, and I try to critique them as I go along. And if uh, if Rick's there, he'll give his critiques on uh, everything as well. And if, if I know if I don't see him uh, tomorrow, I will see him uh, next weekend when we're at a show together. Well, I appreciate you. Tell him I'm looking for him. We thank you for joining on the what is this episode 221 with Hunter James? 221. 221. And, you know, wow. uh, we went way past our time, but it was such a great conversation that uh, hopefully Grandpa Vince will let the slide, which he will, because I usually keep mine. I, I told you 27 minutes and we've been talking for 44. You're a great talker. Oh, wow. Super charismatic. You you got your stuff together. Such a good businessman. And like I said, we're all really proud of you and rooting for you here on Channel Attitude Russo's brand. So I always tell everybody, uh, do you have any last clo- last closing, uh, something uh, inspirational that you can tell us all before we jump off? Nothing inspirational, but I'll say just for any other wrestler watching, if you want to be special, all you got to do is play my music, ring the bell, and raise my hand. <laughs> oh, God. And on that note, Goldie's Closet, 221, Channel Attitude, all new, Russo's brand. We want to thank everybody for watching on this Thursday or whenever you caught this pod. If you're watching it and you're on that level, we want to thank you as well. Just appreciate all the Patreon members, all the bros and babes out there. Check out Hunter James. If you check out the ticker on the bottom, you can see all the places to follow him. That's your homework. We appreciate you so much. And always, I tell you to be safe, but be free and stay golden. Yeah, can we free. clap? Can we clap? Yeah, be free. Yay. Thanks, everybody. What's up, everyone? It's Goldie Impact Wrestling, TLC's Cheapskates. Ted Nugent's running wild from him somewhere in the woods. And maybe you've seen our band, Goldilocks Band. We're out there. We're on tour. But now we're connecting on Cameo. So I want to tell you that I am here to be your humble servant. And that's whatever you need said for you, for a friend, a shout-out, a golden shout-out. You name it, here and on it. Now, just reminding you, keep it classy, keep it cool, and keep it above the belt. But I want to offer you something a little bit uh, a little bit different. Just remember, if I'm not on the road and I've got access to these next beauties, we can always have... We want to make this the most amazing experience for you ever because you deserve it. Your friends deserve it. Your loved ones deserve it. And just remember, I can sing you a few lines of a song. It can be from from anywhere. Like, uh, it can be from somewhere over the rainbow. Or it could be near, far, wherever you it could even be on a highway to hell. It can even be from there. Oh, and keep in mind, not all requests are the same. Maybe your motivation comes with a harder edge. Maybe you need a more jagged little pill. There's nothing that I love more than playing the heel. So if you need your message delivered with more, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Intention, please specify. 
can't wait to connect with you on Cameo. Thanks so much for being here. Stay golden.